right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be with us. We're going to get into the raid on Rudy Giuliani's uh, apartment and his office and the fact that apparently Google, same, well, sorry, not Google, Apple, the same Apple that wouldn't allow the FBI or help the FBI to get into the iPhone of the San Bernardino shooter, you know, didn't seem to have any problem at all allowing the investigators from whatever bureau get to uh, Rudy Giuliani's iCloud. And apparently they did this in 2019 while he was representing President Trump at a point when presidential privilege and attorney-client privilege was in full existence. They knew everything that was going on, at least everything that's uploaded to the cloud, which for a lot of people I think is everything. What the hell do I know about a cloud? I'm, don't come to me for computer advice. I'm the worst guy to ask. Barely can download an app still. Um, this is not going to be good. This this should be concerning to everybody here. So we all followed the case of Officer Chauvin and the guilty verdicts in the George Floyd case. Um, now he's we're waiting. It was about what well, I think we were going to wait eight weeks till sentencing, if I recall correctly. And anyway, there might be a new basis for an appeal of that murder conviction because a juror failed to reveal to the court that he was a supporter of Black Lives Matter. And a photo recently emerged online of one of the jurors in this case wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt. It has now sparked questions about his impartiality. And the juror, Brandon Mitchell... Uh, could be seen in the photo wearing the T-shirt and, and blazing with the, a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. and the phrases, get your knee off our neck and BLM. And he's also wearing a Black Lives Matter hat in the photo. Now, during the ju- jury selection process, each prospective juror is required to answer a questionnaire. And that includes questions about participation in demonstrations and protests. Did you or someone close to you participate in any of the demonstrations or marches against police brutality that took place in Minneapolis after George Floyd's death? That was one of the questions. Another one was, other than that you have already described above, have you or anyone close to you participated in protests about police use of force or police brutality? Now, he told the Star Tribune that he replied, no, to both questions, but he also admitted that his T-shirt, the photo, was actually taken at a rally in Washington, D.C. last summer commemorating MLK's famous 1963 I Have a Dream speech. I think I was being extremely honest, he says, uh, regarding the jury selection process. I gave my views on everything on the case on Black Lives Matter. Jury consultant uh, that was questioned by the Washington Post that, that his answers could lead to an appeal for Chauvin's attorney, and the judge could also call in this particular juror for questioning. And, yeah, quote, this could change the outcome of things. If there's anything that makes him seem that he was not forthcoming, it could absolutely be an avenue for the judge to reconsider the case. Meanwhile, civil rights attorney Brian Dunn told the Washington Post that the photo is undeniably suggestive of a possible bias in this juror. 
He said a more detailed review would be needed. That the, wor- the worst part of this is that means, uh-oh, this may not be over. It was an Axios piece out there. What's next? A violent uh, uh, summer on America's streets? They're writing it appears to be likely, given the homicides already that appear to be trending above last year's record highs. Homicide rates historically spike during summer months when the hotter weather puts more people on the streets and vaccination coverage is increasing in the pandemic and all its uh, knock-on effects won't be finished by then. The summer of 2021 is going to be abnormally violent. I hope to God that's not true. John Roman, a senior fellow at the Economics uh, Justice and Society Group, at NORC at the University of Chicago writing, it's the new normal. Why do we have to accept that as the new normal? Why Why should, you know, dozens of shootings every weekend in Chicago be acceptable? Why don't we hear, I mean, why is it we only hear from the high-profile cases or the case that involves the cop, which is the slimmest majority of cases? Why isn't there a focus like a laser beam on the most violent cities in America and the weekly statistics, the daily statistics sometimes. You should have seen this video that's out there. Woman randomly sucker punching and robbing, you know, someone in the New York City subway. I mean, it was a, a harsh sucker punch and robbery caught on video. And, you know, the it's just none of this is good. You get all these videos that are out there. There's a video out there of a woman spewing horrible verbal attacks against an L.A. County deputy sheriff, the driver telling the L.A. County deputy, calling him a murderer in a racist attack caught on video. You'll 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 never be white. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I while you're on driving. My phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording you. May I have your driver's license? I it's it's at my apartment. Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and i'm a teacher so there congratulations you're a murderer it's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving that's it there you go ma'am sign inside the red box for him being a mexican racist what is that name gas on the citation ma'am here you go mexican racist you're always going to be a mexican you'll never be white you know that right what is wrong with people I, I I mean, who wants to who wants to be a cop today? You had an employee in Seattle fired after refusing to serve a police officer at a at a chocolate shop. An employee fired for refusing to serve the officer last week. The store's owner said in an about face after initially backing the workers' freedom of speech. Good grief! Now you got this this image of this Black Lives Matter T-shirt in the show case. Okay, so that's just awful. Now, we do have some numbers. Chicago shootings and murder murders are now outpacing the record high of 2020. It's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, you think just when they can't get worse, it's getting worse. Now, just to give you the facts, the murders and shootings are outpacing 2020. 832 shootings in Chicago. 832. As of April 30th, from which 997 people were wounded. In other words, 832 shooting events. 
997 wounded, police said announcing the statistics. The year-to-date figures show a stark increase compared to the last time, this time last year, where there was only 718 people that were struck. Only 623 shootings. Uh, Don't you think that's record high is high enough? Now Now we're up by a third? 187 people so far killed from January 1st to April 30th in Chicago. Here's a question I have. Can any of you ask yourself, do you know the names of anybody shot and killed in the city of Chicago? Can you think of anybody? Can you think of one name? Can you remember one name? Because we only hear about the names when it advances a political agenda. Don't, uh, doesn't every life matter? Many cases, they're, they're, I'm sure some of these names are African Americans. Every life does matter. Chicago police have taken more than 3,600 guns, including 150 so-called assault weapons off the street, as they call them. You know, the number of murders uh, reported in April, I mean, 53. I, look, I'm, I'm just giving you the numbers. Most Portland riot suspects won't be prosecuted, according to a U.S. attorney. David Bouchard admitting he put a customs border protection officer in a chokehold, and lo and behold, Charles Comfort was indicted by a grand jury of civil disorder for twice uh, charging at the Portland Police Bureau officers, hitting them with a makeshift shield, and then kicking a third officer while being arrested. Both men face federal charges stemming from their actions during the summer of more than 100 nights of violent protest. But Bouchard and Comfort, oh, they're just among dozens of Portland federal arrestees whose cases are dismissed. Being deferred. Not a day behind bars. Not one day. For attacking a police officer. Want to be, again, you want to be a cop. And then the obvious question. God forbid it happens to you. Who are you going to call and what are you going to do? You ask me that question, I'm going to keep my answer to myself, except to say that I, t- I will defend myself and people that I care about, innocent people. It's unbelievable. Uh, I just can't get over this. Well, play this tape again of this woman. Why would this teacher? Now, if I was the head of a school district and this teacher is on tape talking to a cop this way. I would think that maybe that teacher is not qualified to teach, but maybe I'm maybe I'm overreacting here. You you decide. I pulled you over because, because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone I, I wasn't while you're on driving. My phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone can while you're recording. You. May I have your driver's license? I it's it's at my apartment. Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and i'm a teacher so there congratulations you're a murderer it's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving that's it there you go ma'am sign inside the red box for him being a mexican racist what is that name gas it's on the citation ma'am here you go mexican racist you're always going to be a mexican you'll never be white you know that right a murderer a mexican racist you're always going to be I, I I don't even know what to say. I feel so bad for that cop. Guy's doing his job. What 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 is wrong with people? 
right, as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, apparently, hot mic moment. And it may be an indicator that Liz Cheney's days are numbered as a member of the House GOP leadership. Anyway, the new report that is out says that Kevin McCarthy is done defending Congresswoman Cheney, signaling that, you know, the anti-Trump lawmakers days as House Republican Conference chairwoman may be numbered. I know from a lot of the people that I know in Congress that, that are Republicans, they don't want her in that position. And he said that he's lost confidence in Cheney during an, an off-air hot mic moment with Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, according to Axios. I think she's got real problems. I've, I've, I've had it with her. You know, I've lost confidence. Someone just has to bring emotion, but I assume that will probably take place. He stated in the interview that with Ducey that House Republicans are concerned about whether Cheney can continue her leadership duties as she continues to drive a wedge between Republicans with her critical comments regarding former President Trump. Look, I I don't really care that much. I never got too involved in this whole, you know, if you want to be, call yourself a Republican and you're not, and help elect Joe Biden like the Lincoln Project, I'm actually okay with that. I wish you'd be a little more honest about it. You can't say because Donald Trump governed conservatively or say I like his policies, but I don't agree with his style. Just be honest. But they try and run around. Oh, we're Republicans. They're not Republicans. And I think this is where a lot of people. Well, what's frustrating, though, is Liz Cheney seems to just have her own agenda over that of the position that she holds. Now, she may run for president. I don't even think she can get reelected. I don't think Mitt Romney can get reelected. I'm not I don't even think Lisa Murkowski. She's in trouble in Alaska. Not that I dislike them. I'm just saying that they're not where the base of this party is at this moment. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Here's what I say. And some people want me to be worked up, want me to be angry, want me to be upset over the Lincoln Project and Mitt Romney's of the world and the Liz Cheney's of the world. You know, the, the sad thing in the case of both, say, Romney and Liz Cheney, is that the base of the party, you know, they, they went all in to support the Cheneys and the Romneys. They went all in. And, and many people that knew, for example, that maybe Mitt Romney wasn't as conservative as them, they still saw that he was a better option in 2012. It was the same option as 2008 with John McCain. And you just you just don't have a choice. You, you go all in. And I was warning of the radicalism of Obama and his background and his associations and his what black liberation theology is the Chum gang, Frank Marshall Davis, Alinsky. And, you know, what what is a community organizer? The Church of G.D. America, heirs, Dorn, unrepentant domestic terrorists. Yeah, I'll, I'll support anybody over that. That wasn't that hard. And uh, and it was amazing because the people that ran that campaign didn't have the the smarts, the wherewithal, the fight in them to do these things. You know, when you know, at the time, I, I, I still to this day believe that the battle in the war on terror was justified and needed and necessary. And based on the images of weapons of mass destruction that used on 
They're his own people of Saddam Hussein. I still believe in the lead up to the war is probably moved, but I can't prove it. So it's it's a long ago discussion. And the good news for our military is military technological advancement is, has made as has transformed future conflicts and how we're going to fight them with pinpoint accuracy. A guy in Tampa, Florida can, you know, take out anybody, any place, anywhere in the world at any time. I mean, look at the operation against Soleimani, the world's biggest terror from the world's largest terrorist state of Iran. It's a pretty amazing thing. So I don't get worked up. I do think that there is a disconnect. Uh, it's sort of like, and, and if Liz Cheney wants to run for president, let her run for president. But if, she, if she's going to make it about her and her agenda, and her agenda is at odds with the rest of the caucus, then at that point, she, she's, I don't think she warrants a position in leadership. Well, you conservatives are intolerant. You don't take people of different points of view. I have no problem with that. The, the agenda of being a conservative, I keep telling people, is very simple. Keep it simple, stupid. The party of liberty, freedom, capitalism, and our great Constitution, including the First and Second Amendment. It's the party that believes in law and order and safety and security for every town and every city in America. Conservatism is about choice in public schools and and breaking up the unholy alliance of teachers unions with the radical Democratic Socialist Party. It's also about free market solutions for health care and, yes, protecting pre-existing conditions, in case you were wondering. We believe in, in people that will won't legislate from the bench, that are constitutionalists, that they will serve their role only as defined by what it means to be a, in the judiciary, originalism, constitutionalists. We believe in lower taxes, limited government, less government bureaucracy as possible so that we don't stifle and, and put a stranglehold on business. Same with taxes. You know, high taxes prevents investment. We believe in safe and secure borders and legal immigration. We believe in energy independence. We believe in peace through strength, the biggest badass military on the face of this earth, and free and fair trade. Tell me what I'm missing. Because if, if you say you are a conservative, then those are the things that I have pretty much supported my entire career, 33 years on radio. I can now just break it down into less than a minute. And that, that is what conservatism should be about. And yeah, Peter, you're going to have variations. Reagan once said, if we agree 80% of the time, you're not my enemy. Um, but they're making it personal. Now, if, if they have a problem with Donald Trump's style, state it. Fine. You have a problem with his style. He tweets too much. He's too combative. Not presidential. Whatever you want to say. I don't care. But he also fought and fought hard, something that prior to Trump, many Republicans did not do. Being nice to, to Barack Obama and his campaign and ignoring Jeremiah Wright and Ayers and Dorn didn't really serve the, the McCain campaign well. Neither did, you know, what happened. Hurricane Sandy did not help either. 
If you remember, the economic downturn at that time was rough. And that and it became inevitable. It was a bit of a movement. Okay, you have wave elections all the time. That happens. 2012 could have been won. I don't, I don't, whoever advised Romney or if he's following his own counsel to take his foot off the gas in that second and third debate, especially the third debate, I remember screaming at his staff saying, what the hell have you done here? You've just lost the election. It was such a bad debate performance, and he was not aggressive enough. And that's what happens in elections. I have no problem whatsoever with with some disagreement within the Republican ranks. So this is three-minute ad. We're going to show part of it tonight as a preview uh, because we'll be in California tomorrow. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner is running. It was a, it's a fascinating, Linda, can you put that one? I sent it to you guys earlier today, put it up on Hannity.com and we'll tweet it out at, at Sean Hannity. Um, and it's three minutes long and it's very reminiscent in the lead up to this interview tomorrow night. And I, I, now I'm guessing, I don't know for sure. Um, I, Caitlyn Jenner could have had an interview with anybody. And I think the reason is, is because Caitlyn Jenner is serious about substance, policy, governance. And what really caught me in this ad that they put out, it's really well done. I mean, this this thing was killer. It was a great. And I look, I've looked at campaign ads my whole career. And it's actually worth playing. I wish you could see the images of it. We'll show it tonight on Hannity. But again, it's three minutes. I'll, I'll run as long as I think you might be interested. But I thought it was a tr- phenomenal ad. And, but just to finish the circle here is I think the reason that she decided to come and do my show is because this she wants this to be about substance, about political substance and specificity and plans for a state that is way off course, a state with 13.5% income taxes, the highest in the country, a sanctuary state, a state that was basically shut down by a governor that was having his own fun times in restaurants when nobody else could. Listen. I've always been a dreamer. California was once the envy of the world. We had what everyone else wanted. The American dream grew up here. and their policies have destroyed that dream. It's been locked away, closed, shuttered, left in the dark, burned down. The government is now involved in every part of our lives. They've taken our money, our jobs, and our freedom. California needs a disruption, a compassionate disruption. I came here with a dream 48 years ago to be the greatest athlete in the world. Now I enter a different kind of race, arguably my most important one yet, to save California. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, I'm ready to be governor for all Californians. To reclaim our true identity, to bring back the gold to the Golden State. I want a tremendous victory. Now is the time to achieve that summit, to be the shining city on the hill, and together we'll restore and renew the California dream. 
It's about what happens from here. It's not just about one person. It's about all of us. So it, it's it's well done. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. A um, couple of interesting lines that she makes in this ad. California needs a disruptor, a compassionate disruptor. I came here with a dream 48 years ago to be the greatest athlete in the world. But when you win the decathlon, that makes you the gold and you, you become the greatest athlete in the world. There's so many different aspects to it. Um, one thing I've known about every athlete I've ever met in my life, any serious athlete, is the amount of work, the amount of commitment, what it takes to be, to take, even if you have natural talent, to take it just even a notch higher where you need to be to be a super excelling athlete. It's unbelievable discipline and work. And, you know, I'm saying I came here 48 years ago with a dream to be the greatest athlete in the world. Now I'm entering a different kind of race, arguably the most important one yet to save California. So I'm actually very interested. And it, it what, what I, I guess maybe thinking out, will the people of California recall Gavin Newsom? And can Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner win that race? Now, there's probably going to be a lot of people that get in. She must have, what, 99% you know, name recognition. And it's, but it's the substance. And, and that was the interesting part of, you know, we had a short call. I said, I'd love to interview you. And, um, and I said, I, I want this to be about real issues. And anyway, so I hope you'll tune in tomorrow night. It's going to be interesting. We'll show you some of this tonight on TV. Oh, by the way, you see a horrible video that came out, another beating, brutal beating of two Asian women, which has now become... It's been happening way too often, and this time in in Baltimore, a guy's now behind bars. I guess we should be thankful it didn't happen in New York because they'd be out of jail by now. Anyway, showing him pummeling two female Korean store owners with a cinder block. How could people treat other people like this in life? What the hell is wrong with them? How does that happen? So sad. By the way, is that picture, I'm sure it is if it's in the Daily Mail. There's a Daily Mail picture of Joe and and uh, Jill Biden maskless while sitting, you know, on top of, like, right next to former President Jimmy Carter, 96 years old, and his wife, Rosalind, 93 years old. It's such a, it's so phony, all of this coronavirus Joe stuff. I'm wearing to be extra careful outside. By the way, only 36% of Americans, Rasmussen, call Biden's policies successful. That's it. In his first 100 days of office, 41% say they've been a failure. Um, by the way, school kids, this was an interesting thing on foxnews.com. Students at a Virginia fifth grade classroom telling President Biden, Jill Biden, a virtual learning gave them the chance to eat, take naps, and even fake technical glitches in order to avoid answering questions. Wow. <laughs> Basically, that that Zoom call schools were a disaster. Um, not good at all. You have this is the most interesting thing I saw today. 
Top Biden economist urging the whole world to raise corporate taxes. Now, this is the second Biden appointee. Remember, Janet Yellen said it. In this case, it's Cecilia Rouse, chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, Biden administration, urging trading partners to adopt a global minimum tax on corporations to offset the effects of Joe Biden's domestic corporate tax increase. You know what that is? Let's conspire government to government against the people of all of our countries so that we can take as much money as possible from one group of people and redistribute it to a larger group of people who become dependent on us so we can stay in power in perpetuity. That's what that proposal is about. Another poll that Americans uh, believe the country is more divided under Joe Biden. I thought everyone loved Joe Biden. Yeah, I guess not. Oopsie daisy. Sorry. Didn't work out that way. And he's still lying. Anyone making less than $400,000 a year will not pay a single penny in taxes. Lie. You have one ec- economist, University of Maryland professor, penning an op-ed, Biden's woke economics will lead to a disaster. I actually believe that, too. And Hunter Biden still has a, a holdings in a Chinese investment firm in uh, defiance of his father's promise. That was in BizPack Review. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. you want to be a part of this extravaganza. By the way, amazing how three major news organizations got a story about Mayor Rudy Giuliani wrong. Uh, you know, incorrect information, supposedly from government sources, that led, let's see, New York Times... Washington Post, NBC News, to all get it wrong as they reported that the FBI had briefed uh, Rudy Giuliani that he was the target of a Russia disinformation campaign during his efforts to dig up unflattering information about Joe Biden. You know, the worst part of all of this, unless you listen to a show like this or watch Hannity on Fox and a couple of or listen to a couple of other shows and not there's not a lot of us. And, and maybe watch a couple of other shows, not a lot of us, you wouldn't know that the person that bought and paid for a dirty Russian disinformation dossier was Hillary Clinton. I know maybe it just sticks in my crawl a little bit, the, bit, the other utter hypocrisy of all of this. So we had Rudy on last night, and we spent a lot of time uh, talking about these federal investigators that raided the apartment and the office of Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. And now we have, as we move forward with all of this, uh, a lot of unanswered questions that really need to be resolved. You know, another pre-dawn raid. Uh, They're saying, well, Rudy's under under investigation for a potential FARA violation. A FARA violation is when you don't register, fill out the proper government paperwork for foreign work with the U.S. federal government. And I asked Rudy last, I said, well, my understanding is, is that most of your work, if not if not all of it had to do with the legitimate investigation into zero experience hunter we played it yesterday you know on good morning america any any experience in oil energy gas nope 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 any experience in ukraine no and then joe bragging you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor i got let's see you got you got six hours to fire that prosecutor and son of a B, they did it. Who was the prosecutor? Why would a vice president of the United States want a prosecutor in freaking Ukraine? 
I bet most people can't even find Ukraine on a map, except you might know it's next to Russia. Why would they want a Ukraine, a Ukrainian prosecutor fired? Because they're investigating Hunter Biden and Burisma Holdings. That's why. And Joe's leveraging taxpayer dollars to get it. So that raises questions. Well, what about zero experience Hunter? How is that possible? Remember, the Grassley-Johnson Senate report, we have gone into great detail on this program because Burisma, with no experience, was paying Hunter Biden and his company millions of dollars. Zero experience Hunter made money from them. Ukrainian oil gas giant owned by a, a... a sketchy Ukrainian oligarch. Remember, he got the three and a half million dollar wire transfer to his company from the Russian oligarch, no better known as the First Lady of Moscow. Five million dollars from a state-backed Chinese company with ties to the Chinese military. Got the hundred thousand dollar shopping spree, courtesy of a prominent Chinese national. Hundred thousand from a Kazakh oligarch earmarked for a brand new car. You know. He doesn't have any experience in any of this, never mind the $1.5 billion deal. Nothing ever happens. And I keep bringing up this issue, is there a dual justice system? Now, let me play Rudy Giuliani reacting to the New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, retracting stories about him. The New York Times, Washington Post, and uh, NBC, I believe, they had to retract stories about you. Your reaction? My reaction is it was the headline of the Washington Post. Giuliani briefed on Russian connection. They've been trying to make me a Russian agent for about three years, which is totally nuts. I'm probably the biggest anti-communist you ever met. Uh, there's no way that I'm a Russian agent or anybody else's agent. I was a lawyer who was representing a client who was innocent. The biggest burden a lawyer can have is to represent an innocent man. And I did it damn well. And, and I have exposed that our president is one of the biggest criminals in the history of the country. All right, so there you go. That's Rudy's answer. Now, you might remember the San Bernardino shooter case. Remember the FBI is asking Apple if they can get into the iPhone of the San Bernardino uh, uh, shooter? This is Apple's Tim Cook answering that question. Do you really want to plant the flag on privacy and safety on Syed Farouk's iPhone? I think safety of the public is incredibly important. Safety of our kids, safety of our families is very important. Uh, The protection of people's data is incredibly important. And so the trade-off here is we know that doing this could expose people to incredible vulnerabilities. This is not something that we would create. This This would be bad for America. Bad for America. Now, here's the question. Rudy was pointing out that apparently, while he was representing the president of the United States, that, in fact, investigators uh, were reading his iCloud messages in 2019. This is all in the lead up to impeachment. Well, how is it that it's it's bad for America when it's the San Bernardino shooter, but not bad for America Again, you have supposed to have privilege with your doctor, you know, patient client privilege, attorney client privilege. Is the president of the United States not afforded that? Apparently not Donald Trump. David Schoen, civil liberties uh, attorney. Greg Jarrett, host of two number one best selling books and also host of his podcast, The Brief. Welcome both of you back to the program. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you. It's a lot to unpack there. 
Yeah, in terms of accessing Giuliani's iCloud, um, I would hope that the government uh, followed the law, and that means they have to obtain either a subpoena or a uh, search warrant or some other court order, take it to Apple, and demand they comply by opening up that account. Uh, Apple would then have uh, two courses of action. They could capitulate, uh, and it could have been done covertly so that Giuliani didn't even know, uh, or they could contest it in court. We have no evidence that they ever did that. So um, the question then becomes, well, if they already accessed his iCloud, why would they seize his electronic devices and cell phone? Well, the answer is not everything on your cell phone goes to the cloud. It depends on how much you out upload and when you last uploaded it. So, you know, they, as I said to you last night on your television program, this smacks of political persecution masquerading as a potential criminal prosecution, and you can't do it against a lawyer uh, who's not getting paid by Ukrainian sources, but rather his client is the President of the United States. He's acting at the direction, the behest of the President, making him a de facto member of the administration, uh, which means FARA doesn't apply. And also, as a lawyer, he's duty-bound to conduct investigations, fact-finding, obtaining of evidence, collection of information from sources, including sources abroad, then conveying that to his client. He's the President's advocate, not a lobbyist. Well, let me get to that question with David Schoen here. And to me, I think Professor Dershowitz's analysis, and, and Greg, I think, agrees with this, that a subpoena would suffice in this case, not going to somebody's iCloud or not a, a pre-dawn raid on Rudy Giuliani, the president's attorney. Yeah, it's 100 percent right. And by the way, there are special subpoena rules when an attorney is involved and there has to be a tank team in place to make sure they're not getting privileged materials when they do it. But let's take a look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture here is shameless vindictiveness. Talk about turning things on their head. Um, Hunter Biden evades meaningful investigation when even the Wall Street Journal had called for that, had talked about the scandal years and years ago. But I'm going to suggest this to you. This administration uh, is simply shamelessly vindictive. You know, President Trump had every right, uh, and through his attorney general, to really thoroughly investigate and go after Hillary Clinton when he came into office. One would suggest that she certainly committed a crime with the destruction of the emails and the hard drive and all of that. But they made a decision, whether political or otherwise, not to do that. This administration is taking the opposite tack. And I, I'm going to say this to you. you. You know, I don't want to be a Johnny OneNote, but we've talked in the past about Andrew Weissman. You have now in place the deputy attorney general who signs off on things now like uh, surveillance warrants and that sort of thing, Lisa Monaco, who is an Andrew Weissman uh, colleague. She worked at the FBI under Mueller as counsel, like Weissman did. She was on the Enron task force. These are the sort of folks now being loaded into this administration. And when we talk about, you know, surveillance tactics and now this partnership for you know, domestic surve- uh, terrorist surveillance, supposedly uh, circumventing the FISA court and that sort of thing, you have a cabinet and other administration officials who are singly the most uh, anti-ally, especially anti-Israel, and pro-Iran uh, figures we've ever had in government, probably. This is a very scary situation we're facing. Well, it's beyond scary. Now, you have to wonder, where do you think they're going with this? It doesn't sound like Farah to me, Greg Jarrett, if Rudy Giuliani, as the president's attorney, is looking into 
what I thought was was a slam dunk case about leveraging a billion dollars to fire a prosecutor investigating uh, Joe Biden, then vice president's son uh, for getting millions with no experience. Uh, That's kind of sounds like a syndicate to me. It does. It sounds corrupt doesn't it? Which is, it is classic, you know, FBI Department of Justice. It's, it's as if James Comey, Andrew McCabe, and Peter Strzok never left. Uh, the vindictive actions, as my friend um, Mr. Schoen describes it, is, is apparent for all to see. Where are they going for it? I frankly think that this, you know, the seizure of the electronic devices, they were using Farah as a pretext. Farah doesn't apply to Giuliani under these circumstances. So what are they doing? They're trying to dig up dirt. So they used Farah as a pretext to get their hands on Giuliani's electronic communications, hoping to find some other lawlessness that might be evidence therein. Look, I've known Giuliani for, you know, 25, 30 years. He is a careful, scrupulous lawyer. You may disagree with his politics. Some people do. I haven't agree with his politics. Um, but I doubt that they'll find any evidence of wrongdoing on those devices. Well, I don't think so either. I mean, Rudy's a good lawyer on top of everything else. And, yeah, you know, this goes back to a lot of the other cases, too. I mean, the pre-dawn raid with Manafort, guns ablazing, uh, pre-dawn raid uh, for process crime, lying to Congress, Roger Stone, and, uh, you know, guns drawn, frogmen in the backyard, fake news, CNN cameras tipped off. For the, I mean, the whole bit for lying to Congress, the very same referrals that went to top officials in the FBI in the, in the Horowitz report, David Schoen. That's right. And same people. And again, you know, Weiss moves behind that. Now you have this Lisa Monaco, as I say. But there, there are a number of things driving this. And by the way, remember, we saw these opinion pieces by Weissman and others uh, a couple months ago already saying how the government could and should go after President Trump, go after Roger Stone. It, it's a never-ending battle. Instead of coming forward with positive policies, it's this vindictiveness. Um, it's taking people out of the game. It's disenfranchising voters who would have voted for President Trump, that sort of thing. Um, uh, that's what the impeachment was about, you know, and that's what the effort to bar him from ever running again. But you have here with Rudy Giuliani, you have a couple of uh, motivating factors. You have his former client, this Lev Parnas. I spoke on a panel with his lawyer uh, talking on two different subjects, but his lawyer was telling the group about how actively his client is trying to so-called cooperate with Congress to stick it to Giuliani. So people have different political motivations here all coming together, you know. Well, you do have people. I understand. Now, the Biden administration also, by the way, is considering using outside firms to track what they define as extremist chatter by Americans online. Uh, That's a little bit chilling to me, Greg Jarrett. Yeah, it's idiotic and a corrupt idea. It's classic Joe Biden. I say corrupt because Biden is deliberately seeking to circumvent the law that limits the government from covertly surveilling citizens online, like assuming false identities to gain access to private messaging, hacking encrypted apps to spy on people. Uh, Under the law, the feds can only browse unprotected social media conversations. 
They're not allowed to infiltrate private messaging without a warrant based on probable cause. So what is, is the Biden administration now thinking about doing? Well, outsourcing, delegating the surveillance to outside groups who were not legally constrained by the Constitution under the Fourth Amendment search and seizure rules. This is a sleazy maneuver. It violates the spirit of federal law it prohibits, that prohibits domestic spying uh, without a valid uh, warrant. This is another appalling example, Sean, of the devious, malevolent tactics that our intelligence agencies employ against its own citizens, violating their privacy rights and their civil liberties. It smacks of fascism. All right, powerful words. David Schoen, Greg Jarrett, we'll continue to follow this. Uh, it's amazing, though. None of the people that got referrals, none of the people involved with premeditated fraud in the FISA court, no consequences whatsoever. Really sad, and it makes you you know, feel like we don't have equal justice or application of our laws. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? You know, I've said this before. It is amazing the anger that has come out against James Carville. James Carville, I've had, actually, I've had fun debating him a number of times. He's actually a fun guy to be around. He loves, I mean, he loves LSU Tiger football. Oh, my gosh. Actually, there was a speech before a championship game. It was supposed to be a debate between me and him one year. And all he talked about was football, football, football. And that's all the crowd wanted to talk about. So I'm like, I give up. I just I just sat down and I got entertained and paid at the same time. I said, "Fine, I don't have to work." It was pretty. It was a pretty funny moment. And but one thing that he is not is stupid. The one thing that I think Bill Clinton did that was smart his entire campaign and his entire presidency and his entire post presidency is he had a a kitchen cabinet, not people I agree with, some of whom I don't even like, but it, it included Carvel, who I do like. It included Bagala, it included Ram Rambo Deadfish, it included Georgie Stephanopoulos, and every day they went over the message of the day and had to deal with whatever controversy might be emerging, especially during impeachment, Monica Lewinsky. I did not have sex with that woman on a single time. I got to get back to work for the American people, you know, that sort of thing. Here's Carvel. It's fascinating to me because I think this is going to be far bigger in the minds of the American people in terms of the backlash against wokeism, cancel cultureism. Listen. In my view, if you want to, in politics, you should speak the language of the people. You should speak clear, direct English and address people as they address each other, not like the humanities department at Amherst wants you to address everybody. (laughs) Is this the kind of an issue? Is this this the kind of an issue, James, that is impossible to poll because people are going to lie to a pollster, but when they go in there and they close that curtain, they're going to do what they want to do? I don't have to poll, all right? After the 2020 congressional elections, there was a huge eruption in the Democratic caucus where people correctly pointed out that this whole defund the police stuff cost us congressional seats. I can look at the voting results in, in the Rio Grande Valley. I can look at the voting results in Miami-Dade. I can relate conversations that I have with people every day. People don't want to live like this, scared to, to address an issue because it, it might come out the wrong way. And 
no one is using their language except for, you know, some of our people on television. If you go to and if you need wokeness, just go listen to NPR. I, I leave it out on my truck radio so I'll never fall asleep. You got to admit that's pretty funny. Um, and James Carville's not dumb. And I think but but it's only getting worse. You know, it was very, very telling as we were leading into the joint speech before Congress of of Joe Biden how every squad member led by Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the real Speaker of the House, Pelosi's speaker in name only, is that they, they all took credit for Joe's agenda. And the reality is, the truth is, she's right. And so is Congresswoman Omar and Congresswoman Presley and other squad members. And they're all patting themselves on the back because they know they're setting the agenda. Bernie Sanders knows probably he couldn't have gotten his agenda this far. Yeah, had he been elected, and I think they're actually shocked by it, but the backlash to it all, the the reckless spending, the the policies that are job killing, it's it's never going to work, and it is a guarantee whiplash in terms of a political earthquake in the other direction. That's what the result of all of this is going to be. By the way, Linda, you know what everyone keeps asking me about? Why does, why is Linda, why won't she let her child be normal and have a happy meal? Everywhere I go, everyone's asking about little Liam and why poor little Liam and uh, doesn't get a happy meal, never had a happy meal, he's five years old, little Liam wants a happy meal, and they're actually asking me to, to see if I can have an intervention with you. An intervention? First an of intervention. all, who wants to be normal? Can Correct. we start there? Well, Nobody wants to be normal. My child is he's exceptional. Well, I'll an tell exceptional you child does you. not want to eat chicken nuggets from McDonald's. He wants to eat my air fryer chicken. Okay, but he's never he has nothing to compare compare it to. There's no baseline comparison. He's never had a McDonald's French fry in his life. This poor kid. So, do you remember this from your parents when you were a kid? They used to say, um, "Be happy with what you got," and then when you get older, you realize that you were content with those things because you never had the other things. So, if he makes a decision when he's, you know a teenager that he wants to fill his body with toxin. That's his, his decision. Okay. So you're not going to let this kid, what, till he's 21, make the decision that he can have McDonald's basically. Yeah. An informed decision. Oh my God. See, I know what goes in those chicken nuggets. I've cut them open. It's disgusting. I'm sorry. I think that the audience agrees with me. They're just afraid to say it out loud. And that doesn't mean, no, no, no. The audience does not agree with you. We had a poll up on Hannity.com. I won 85 to 15%. I think that that poll is biased. Do you want to know why? The the poll was not biased. The the poll was on the Sean Hannity website based upon the Sean Hannity show. Okay. You know, they're they're going to sign with you. They've gone against me. Remember when I wanted to run the tape of Leo 2.0 Terrell? Oh, that's true. You did lose that one time. I lost it. I mean, I I wanted to run the old tapes when Leo used to, I used to piss him off so much that he would rip off his mic and rip out his earpiece, and he'd walk Wait, off the show. So funny story. So, you know, Leo and I are good friends. We've known each other as long as he's been coming on the show, as long as I've been working here almost 17 years. Scary. And uh, it was really funny. I was talking to him the other day, and he goes, remember when I hung up on you? I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember those days. I mean, I used to, like, he'd have guest segments. He'd get so mad. He's like, I can't even talk to you, Linda, and he'd hang up. Like, so many times. And now he's like, I'm so sorry I did that. I'll never do that again. Well, I mean... He's such a good dude. I bet you he doesn't eat McDonald's. 
I bet you he probably does eat McDonald's. I bet you he Most, does not. All right, look, we'll do a quick poll here. All right, uh, now don't hang up after we ask one question. John in Missouri, do you like McDonald's? Do you like fast Wendy's? Do you like fast food? I try not to, but we're in a you, busy no, schedule. It's here. not a matter of try. I try not to, too, but you do like it. <laughs> I, I, I succumb to it, and I enjoy it when I have to. All right, John, stay right there. We'll get back to you. Tony in Iowa, do you like fast food? Do you like McDonald's? Well, I eat one that has all emo teenagers working there. They call it the unhappy meal with a special. No, I don't. <laughs> but you no, do that's like funny. it, right? You like a quarter pounder with cheese once in a while? French fries? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, I don't know why everyone's so apologetic. It's not a big deal. I'm admitting I love it. Lou in Florida, do you like McDonald's? Hey, Sean. Yeah, as a kid, I loved it. I got a chance to eat it, but now I'm a vegetarian. Oh, I'm so oh, she's sorry probably on my to, side I'm now. So, I'm so sorry to hear about that. Hang on, Lou. We'll get back to you. Thomas in Texas, do you like McDonald's, fast food, Wendy's? Because I like them all. I'm a fat 68-year-old Indian physician, part of the obesity pandemic, and wish I'd never eaten fast food. Do you really want that for little Liam? Who seems, I, think I didn't ask him, but I'm not talking about an obesity problem. I'm asking... Do you, do He's you, a physician. You, you can't do, argue with him. Do you like to eat an occasional quarter pounder with cheese or a single or double with cheese from Wendy's? We all like things we shouldn't have. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> so he likes it. That's another vote for me. Becky in Michigan. Do you like fast food like Wendy's, McDonald's, pizza, all the fun stuff? Yes, absolutely. And Kentucky Fried Chicken original recipe, right? That's right. Yes. All that stuff that's bad for you. Thank you. once in a while. Thank you. That is five for five. I'm not going to go any further. I can, but I won't because I already okay. won. It's so a different the, question, so though. Nobody you're not wants asking to the right question. Disgusting puke green shakes that you're eating every day, or the disgusting orange shakes that you eat every day. They're as disgust. They're just as disgusting. First of all, you're not asking the right question. The question is not, do we like you know fast food the question is not you know do we like cosmopolitans do we like beer this is not the question the question is is it good for you and would you give it to your kid well I, that's it's not a the different question, question. It, uh, well hang on it's not it's not a big deal for a kid to have a stupid happy meal once in a while yes it is because no, your body yeah, did you ever see that documentary supersize me I, I, yeah okay i did I, see I, some I, of it that means i'm right stupid see? Because it's not stupid. Ate, it, that's the one where the guy ate McDonald's morning every noon, day and night. for 30 days. Okay, I'm not talking about every meal every day for 30 days. I'd gain 45 pounds if I ever did that. Right. So what I'm saying is, though, is if you can keep your kid's body pure and not give them these things, their body never ever wants it. They never acclimate to it. You know, my son has no idea what this stuff is. It's the best thing in the world. Okay. Quick break. We'll come back on the uh, other side. And now I'm in the mood for a quarter pound of a cheese, French fry, and a Coke. All right. As we continue our little discussion about McDonald's here, uh, one day when you're not looking, I'm taking that kid. I'm going to I'm gonna snatch Did him. Did you just admit to kidnapping? Did you just admit to kidnapping on air? Really? Un- Uncle Sean's going to snatch the kid for an hour and, and get him a happy meal. And just oh, gosh. Say, just like, Here's that media I'm just going to say, just don't tell mom. And he'll be home playing with his happy meal toy of Ronald McDonald's. But see, look, this is the difference between you and me. Like when we were down and we were in West Palm and we were doing the interviews and I was like, okay, I want to buy one toy for my son. And you go in and you're like pulling the whole shelf. You and not telling uh, the whole Sweet story. Baby. No, book note. That's not what happened. It was me, oh, that's you, what Gomez, happened. and Sweet Baby James. 
and we had yes. finished the trip. I'm exhausted, and you say, and I said, at, you guys go stop back. at Target and go get a toy for Liam. And I said, yeah, I course. said, I'm stopping at Target. You said you were. You said you wanted to stop at Target. You had promised to get Liam a toy. <laughs> a, a, get him a toy train. We stopped at Target. Okay, we all go in. All four of us. Me, you, no, go. No, you're and, leaving and out the baby. part. Wait a minute. You're leaving out a critical part, which is where I said, please don't come in with me. I'm going to no. go by myself. I like to go, to st- I like to go shopping. No, you like to rush people, just like you rush okay, MK when she gets a, so a pedicure. So we go inside, we find the toy section. Then when we find the toy section, it's got like 20 different styles of trains. And Linda has to pick up and touch and play with and price out every single freaking train to the That's point right. it's... 40 minutes, and finally, I had had enough, and I got a cart, <laughs> and I bought all the trains, and I threw them in the basket, and I said, let's go. You can decide later. Give them all to the kid. Just so you know, America, uh, 40 minutes in Sean Hannity land is like about three minutes in everyone else's. He has well, the patience of a what I gnat. did with my daughter with Daddy Daughter Day? Of course I know. Which Why don't have- you remind the audience? Okay, I, the deal was she got to eat anywhere she wanted. It's Daddy Daughter Day, right? And then we then we go to the mall. I say, now you can pick one store. I don't care what store it is. You have 10, if I was very patient that day, 15 minutes. Get whatever you oh want. God. Then we're leaving. We're getting out of here. You know patience is a virtue, right? That's patient. Some days I had 15. I gave 15 minutes. Now it's funny. Uh-huh. She was like agonizing over picking out one toy, one whatever it was. And it would be like... Then finally, one day I brought her friends and said they can do it too, and they're like, "Oh well, if you're, you're going to give them fifteen packing, minutes to buy whatever they want, they're going to say full yes. of crap and like loading up. They're not looking at anything except just as much as they can touch in ten minutes. They should have just gotten a gift card and maxed it out. That, that, that now, Ethan, is that clever. fun? That's not I, fun. Yeah, but it was. It's the fun part that they get the hand. And you should just make a Hannity Happy Meal. Just buy gifts, send it to Linda's house, and she can give go. a gift no, with actual edible food to Liam. She always wanted to go to Subway, and Subway's okay. I don't love Subway, but every time I'd be like, no, but, but they have like healthy options. Not for nothing. They do have healthy options. She'd order a real meal. I don't know, maybe a steak or whatever she's eating. And then I said, well, what do you want for dessert? She goes, Dad, they're too expensive. I'm like, good grief. Did you eat McDonald's when you were a kid, Sean? Yes, of course I did. Did when your the sisters? McDonald's opened in Franklin Square, the local penny saver had a free large McDonald's French fries. And this is terrible. I'm going to confess the statute of limitations are long past, but me and my friends, we walked around the neighborhood and stole every penny saver we could. And we used that. Oh, you did that, not. That, that free large mcdonald's french fry i mean i can, i probably in the course of three weeks that's all i lived on was mcdonald's french fries and it was great i loved it, it i have fun. to say I'm, I'm looking up the stats on chicken nuggets mcdonald's chicken nuggets excuse me <laughs> this is hysterical the well, good thing is a cheeseburger that happy it, meal no kids my son doesn't eat cheeseburgers he eats chicken nuggets i don't know a lot of kids who eat burgers not at least not in my neighborhood not with my kids i mean they love chicken nuggets and french fries and or pizza pizza love and that's pizza. it and that's that's all my child is eating White occasionally Castle. i get cheesy broccoli in there so we're doing the interview with caitlin jenner tomorrow and uh are you going to offer a mcdonald's no sure in that'll go over well. no it's it's all in and out burger <laughs> yeah how, how long have you worked for me for crying out loud too long 
Well, you didn't know it was in and out Burger. I'm going to get off the plane and just say, can you take me to the nearest in and out Burger, please? You know, it would be a great video, you and Caitlin going together and ordering together. I'd be glad to, uh, to uh, that, I'd be that's glad good to pay. TV. Then I'll get accused of the media paying for an interview. <laughs> you watch. Hannity <laughs> bribes Caitlin Jenner. Hey, Hannity listen, where's the FEC Caitlin when you need Jenner. him? What's that? <laughs> where's the FEC when you need him, right? Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, we wasted a lot of time, didn't we? All right, we're going to get to these calls. I promise John, Tony, Lou, Thomas, and Becky, we're going to get to you. I promise 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break, right back. All right, news roundup, information overload hour. Sean Hannity Show. I promise your calls, bottom of this half hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Joe Concha is with us. Well, I mean, when the Washington Post, NBC News, New York Times get the same story on Rudy wrong, and they got it from the same source. What does that tell you, Joe Concha, media expert, columnist at the Hill on the media, and of course Fox News, uh, a fellow co- Fox News employee, sir? <laughs> Amazing, Sean. That again and again we have the Russia narrative rearing its ugly head. We saw it, as you said, for three years with all those allegations of Russia collusion, and even right before Election Day. Remember that story about bounties on U.S. soldiers by the Russians and the Taliban carrying that out. And then later, only later, only after all the votes were cast, did we actually see any sort of retraction, because what does it matter at that point, right? Uh, Joe Biden was able to use it as ammunition during that first debate and bringing it up repeatedly as, as, as if it were fact. And, of course, now we see this here with Giuliani. Again, the same media outlets only make a mistake when it overwhelmingly is negative towards Republicans or conservatives or those who support the, uh, support the president, right? And in this case, obviously, Rudy Giuliani. And here's the thing. The juicy allegation presented as absolute fact always gets 100 times the coverage as the exoneration. And you think the other cable news networks who went apocalyptic in reporting the allegations against Rudy Giuliani marinated in a healthy dose of piousness, by the way, and uh, schadenfreude, uh, do you think that they're going to now get on the air and cover the, re- the retraction, the correction, as, as much as they did the allegation? It's rhetorical Tuesday. You don't have to answer that, John. Uh, okay, I won't answer. I won't, I won't take the bait. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's so typical. You know, I noticed that uh, fake Jake Tapper over at Fake News CNN is out there sanctimoniously declaring that he's never going to interview Republicans because they don't tell the truth. And I'm like, uh, do you have any level of self-awareness about how screwed up your network is and, and what a propaganda outlet it has been exposed as? Are you that out of touch with, with truth and reality? Well, Jake Taffer then therefore never interview anybody on his show again who pushed the Russia collusion narrative, for example, right? So, you know, you better have some pretty consistent rules across the board. And look, this is what CNN has become. It's maybe to even the left of MSNBC, which is a very hard thing to do. But I think they think by being a cheerleader for this administration and the Biden administration and continuing just to be the resistance against Republicans, that that's somehow a winning formula. And then I look at their ratings. They are down since January 60 percent in prime time. That means six out of 10 viewers who are watching your network just earlier this year are gone because they see through the BS. Well, I mean, that's all true. And and, you know, there's always a little dip after an election year. um, And and that was predictable. It's always predictable. 
But I, the things are now heating back up politically, and you can see that the audience is back uh, faster than ever. So I have this interview tomorrow with Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, they came out with a three-minute ad, and political political ads, generally speaking, don't cat, uh, capture my attention. They just, eh, that kind of rolls off me. I don't know if you saw the three-minute ad, but I thought it was phenomenal. Well, you know, here we have somebody who is obviously very in tune with how to connect with people, right? I mean, I think Caitlyn Jenner has something like 3 million Twitter followers. Just to put this in perspective, Gavin Newsom doesn't even have 2 million, and he's been the governor of California for a couple of years, right? So there's definitely the name recognition. And Caitlyn Jenner, I mean, give her credit in terms of being true to her principles, knowing that if she's transgender, that she, at least according to the rules, the unwritten rules, she absolutely has to support Democrats. And she's saying, no, this is who I've always been in terms of how I look at the, the world and policies around X, Y, and Z, primarily being conservative. So, yeah, if, if there's a runoff, remember, Sean, in California, you just need the most votes. It's not like Georgia where you need like a majority, 50 percent, and that's how you win. Whoever gets the most votes, if Newsom is recalled, wins the election. That makes it a crapshoot. But there is, but there's, Jenner, but there's two there. questions. It's if he is recalled, that means on the ballot, enough people have to vote to recall him. Right. And, and then, it, then it gets there. to question two, which is, okay, of this list of people, who would you like to be governor? Now, you start out, Kalen starts out, in my opinion, with high name recognition. The, the thing that was interesting to me, um, and... I called, asked about the interview, and I had a long discussion. And I said, for me, this, this, is, about, this is about policy, politics. California is broken. You know, wh- where's your level of commitment here? Now, I don't want to give away too much of, of what the answer was, but the answer, let me just put it, the answer was a very good answer. And I think, okay. I, I think like, for example, if, if this was about, anything other than really wanting to serve as a governor, I don't think I would be that interested in that interview. But I believe it is about wanting to be the governor of California and correcting this this draconian, radical, left-wing, wokeism, you know, disaster. I mean, from everything from the environment out there, they won't even allow these controlled burns to stop the wildfires they they won't even allow farmers to have water they put the priority of of a little fish called the delta smelt which is not even an endangered species over the 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 rights of 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 farmers to have water so that they can raise their crops uh it's about a 13 and a half percent income tax it's about illegal immigration as out of control as any other state the sanctuary state of california I mean, these are real issues here that, you know, I think every candidate that is running for office is going to have to answer. And there's so much to attack, right, if you're a candidate looking to seek uh, seeking this office, right, in California, where your leaders are. Think about the murderer's row they have here. It's not exactly the 49 Yankees. When Gavin Newsom is your governor and Nancy Pelosi is one of your congresswomen who happens to be the Speaker of the House, and then you have Swalwell and Schiff, Boy, that is quite the lineup, isn't it? And you think yeah, don't about forget Diane Feinstein. Feinstein, too, right? Uh, and just think about everything that's going on out there, the record homelessness, the exodus, the two states that have the biggest exodus by far, by a country mile, is California and New York right now. That's according to United Van Lines, who did a, a big survey uh, on this and looked at their own data in terms of people moving out of places. And the states that are getting the most influx, 
Idaho, Kentucky, and Florida. What do those all have in common? They're red states. So, yeah, people are getting taxed out the wazoo. They don't feel safe anymore. The migrant problem is a huge issue. So Caitlyn Jenner is going to have a lot of targets that she could nail in this situation in terms of this is what's wrong and here's how I'm going to fix it. Uh, I'm telling you, Gavin Newsom's in serious trouble either way. Uh, I don't disagree at all. I think I think really serious trouble. And uh, and I, it just makes you wonder, is it now possible that California could go back to to a, a, a more fiscally conservative policies? Now, I, I, I'm not sure and I'll find out when I do the interview um, whether this I, I, the, the ad that came out said this isn't about Republican or Democrat. This is about what has happened to this great state of California that needs to be open that needs regulations to go away, that needs taxes to go down, that needs common sense environmental policies. And I, but I but I think the radicalism of California, you know, will it now begin to adjust back to a more conservative state? Now, one that a presidential candidate can win, that's a stretch. But maybe on the local level, I, I actually think it might be possible. I'm old enough to remember a guy named Arnold Schwarzenegger who came from the entertainment world. Everybody gave him zero chance whatsoever. If I heard one more, one more joke in 2003, get, get, get to the chopper. Like everybody thought it was like a big joke. Like, come on, God, please. The guy from Terminator is going to be the governor of California. And he won. And that was a recall election that you may recall, Sean. So that's interesting. And we've had a, what governor Jesse Ventura. We've had mayor Jerry Springer. We've obviously had president Donald Trump. Yes, you can come from the entertainment. Uh, sector and and do quite well here because again you don't have to worry about brand recognition or marketing yourself or people getting to know you they know already basically who you are and that gives her Caitlyn Jenner a huge head start here so yeah I, I don't see why she couldn't win in this situation because the competition is just so blah it seems at this point unless our friend Rick Grinnell jumps in then we got a whole new conversation He's been reluctant. I've had him on TV a number of times and I happen to like Rick a lot I think he did a great job as director of national intelligence. And he's a, he's a real warrior. He's a fighter. Um, I think he's smart, principled. I think he'd do a great job out there. But but he's been reluctant to even give me a hint that he has any interest in running. Yeah, and that's a shame, too, because you tell me who has better teeth in any political sphere, right? I know he was an acting director of director of uh, national intelligence, right? But, boy, that guy has some tremendous choppers. I mean, I, I'd kill for those. And that alone, I think, could help him in this situation. Oh, of course, Jeff. And, and when are you getting your media show on Fox? I, I am advocating <laughs> this now openly and publicly. I think you deserve a media show on Fox. Because yeah, you said every, that last, last week or last Friday on the, on the, on the network. I and I got uh, more texts than I have since, I don't know, I think senior year, right? I mean, uh, so you oh doing that gosh. can only help, I guess, in this situation. That, that, uh, we'll see, you know. I'll take well, any show at this point. All right, quick break. More with Joe Contra on the other side. Then your calls, final half hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number, if you want to be a part of the program. And as we continue with Joe Contra, then we'll get to your calls, 800-941-SEAN. You, you know you follow. Look, when I used to be on social media, which now seems like an entire lifetime ago, when I used to be on it, and I would, you know, engage with my public feuds with the likes of uh, Jimmy Kimmel, um or Alec Baldwin, a couple of them that I had. By the way, they, they went down in history as some of the best Twitter brawls ever. But when I had them, it, and it does take too much of your time, I noticed that there was this little cabal of all these blue check media people, and they live in their own little bubble. Have you noticed that too on social media? 
and they tweet out what the other one's doing and what this one's doing and that one's doing. And if you tweet my my article or my my piece on TV, I'll tweet your piece on TV. It's like they've got this left wing love fest never ending. And it's all rooted in the same radical left policies that Trump is bad. Republicans bad. Conservatives suck. And and we are the enlightened ones. We know better than the American people. It's like, you know, in, in, in journalism, it's more important for not just the media reporters and commentators that are out there, but just journalists in general. They are tickled if they could get just one retweet from Maggie Haberman. Or if you're like a Nicole Wallace on MSNBC or you're a Don Lemon on CNN, it's not about winning an Emmy or a Pulitzer or anything like that. It's, oh, boy, you think that Stephen Colbert will have or Jimmy Kimmel will have me on their show? And they get so excited about that. Yeah, so it's, how it's how is that possible considering their ratings are atrocious? On the worst well, night, rating night on Hannity, it... it we like double these people and I'm trying to understand lemon, you know, yeah. where, where are the media <laughs> articles that actually analyze. Like I noticed that who, what's that guy's name? Seth Myers. And I, I noticed that, that, you know, I mean, I started, I took a good shot back at him after he said something about me. I don't even remember. And then I had my team pull up his ratings. He gets under a million viewers a night. And I'm like, why am I even That's talking to this guy? Why am I wasting my time? That's the old NBC Letterman spot before Letterman became really political, right? 1230 NBC, and he would have millions more people watching because you got the escapism. You actually laughed. You watched stupid pet tricks and Paul Schaefer, and he always had great guests. And you just like it was a good thing to fall asleep to uh, when you were in college. And now it's just like I'm hearing Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert arguing that the filibuster should be abolished and why we should have 51 states and adding D.C. I'm like, wait a minute. If I wanted this, I'd watch C-SPAN or CNN. But the problem is, listen, if they were funny, I'd say they're funny. Like, I can tell you that some of the people on social media that make fun of me for whatever reason and, and some of the memes and some of the things they say, I mean, they literally, they crack me up. They're clever. They're funny. They're smart. They're spot on in terms of they're, they're making a point with however they're attacking me. And I'm, I look at it and I, you know, I kind of nod my head. Good job. I really like it. It's funny. These guys don't make me laugh. Jay Leno made me laugh. Letterman in the old days, he made me laugh. Then Letterman became kind of a hardcore lefty. Leno stayed down the middle, kind of more in the tradition of Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. And... And I thought that served him well all of those years. And what a mistake it was to get rid of Jay Leno, in my view. He'd still have a fastball Leno at this point, right? And now Kimmel, I, I'm sorry, Jimmy Fallon, I mean, not even like 1.5 million viewers, but trust me, on the network, all the promotion that they give it at 1130, they're not paying him all that money to bring in that sort of cash. And that's the shame about Fallon. Fallon used to be somewhat down, the, not down the middle, but he just did more entertainment bits, right? Because he has a lot of talent. But then once Colbert and once Kimmel went completely and totally political, Fallon felt like he had no choice. And now he should have stuck to his guns. He got go he panicked over the ratings for a short period of time. He needs to get back to that if he wants any chance, in my view. All right, Joe Concha, thank you as always. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. You want to be a part of the program? Quick break. Right back. Your calls on the other side. Straight ahead. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. All right, let's get to our phones. John, Missouri, you've been very patient, sir. Thank you for being with us. Glad you called and glad you like McDonald's. <laughs> well, thank you much for this opportunity. It's a great honor to be able to speak with you today. Um, yeah, so I'm a teacher here in Missouri. And, um, you know, after hearing all the things that have been going on, it's, it's really kind of 
struck a fire within me about why people aren't wanting to bring their kids back into the classroom. Well, I think it should for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, I noticed Biden is telling younger kids that they need to get vaccinated now. Um, I'm not sure if this was a real picture or not. Although it's in the Daily Mail, I trust the Daily Mail. But they have a picture of Jill and Joe Biden with Jimmy Carter and his wife, uh, Rosalind. Jimmy Carter's 96 years old. Rosalind's 93 years old. They didn't have a mask on. Um, look, I think, you know, I, there, there's so much damage that people aren't really even factoring in now. These kids, you know, wearing masks for eight hours a day. Um, they're getting rashes, number one. Number two, um, that, so that's a problem when they're even in school. But being home, they miss their friends. They, they don't have the socialization. Uh, it's putting a stress on families. It's, 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 it's not helping anybody. And we've already proven in Florida, because schools there have been open since August, that it can be done safely and successfully. So I don't, I don't know well, why. That's the, well, that's the same thing we've gone on here. We've, we've been open since August, and we knew on the onset that, that we were trying to set and prove a point that you don't have to go full distance learning. I mean, we, have, we absolutely offered it as an option, but when we know what it takes to teach children, it takes relationships, it takes building academic success through um, giving them the encouragement, showing them what they can achieve, and especially in these middle school age groups, if you don't connect them to academic success, you put them on a whole complete path of failure later on down the road. Even in now, a, a with, with that said, in- though, I'm not against online education for people that choose it. Mm-hmm. I, I know, for example, a lot of athletes do it so they can pursue their their sports ambitions. I'm fine with that. And, and but that's but it's got to be a choice and it's got to be a rigorous academic program. You, you just can't, you know, skate on through school and life without getting an education because it's the ladder to success. And an athlete's one injury away from, you know, needing that education b- badly. Well, and one of the things that studies show is, is you know, like you said, on distance learning, when you have the, the support at home and then things are available, it can be a very productive thing. But when you look at some of the statistics, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, fascination, a lot of times schools are having problems promoting reading in the classroom. Kids are coming in the classroom about 50% of the time not being able to read at grade level. And even the studies on dyslexia, it's not something that can easily be done over line. It takes, it takes that chance to meet with the kid to see where that, that hitch is. Um, the prison statistics, and in, in, even in Texas, show that, um, 48% of the prison population is dyslexic, with two-thirds of them struggling with reading in the first place. And so when you have these kids that have struggled at home and, and can't really connect online or they don't have that added support, um, they very well take that path that, that really sets them up for failure throughout life. And this was a big part of broken communities. And so when these teachers and these teachers' unions aren't wanting to be in the classroom, you know, I mean, that is the same. I mean, you know, you it, it all depends, income, too, for the outcome. There are great teachers in great school districts and there are lousy teachers and lousy school districts. Just a, it's a matter of where you live. But you're right. The ideal situation with all the money we spend per capita per student on education with the worst results in the industrialized world, it, it, it's mind numbing. But you sound like one of the good ones, John. Thank you, my friend. And keep up the good work. Chance. Our kids need uh, good teachers. Tony is in Iowa. Hey, Tony, thanks for being patient. 
Hey, Handy. Thanks for getting me in. Um, I'm going to condense this the best I can and hope I don't end up on a watch list for saying this, but if any department uh, has warranted defunding and restructuring, it's got to be the FBI, not the police. I mean, this goes all the way back, well, way back, but um, I'm just going to go back to the, the Hillary email hard drive. Oh, we lost our hard drive. And Comey saying, ah, nah, we don't got enough to prosecute them, you know, that, that kind of thing. And it's just the one thing after the other where it seems to be the FBI at the heart of the, oh, yeah, this is a, a valid investigation. And hopefully, you know, uh, 2020, 2022, excuse me, take back the, the House and the Senate, then maybe we can make that possible where we, you know, shake down the and restructure and start some investigations about, hey, what's going, what's really going on at the FBI? Like when they were farming out. Uh, surveillance, the third party, um, what was it, 2009 or 10, when Obama comes on and says, hey, everybody, we're going to protect you for whistleblowing. And then about a week later, Snowden uh, Snowden drops the bomb about how, you know, he was uh, one of the third party people who was being put on the, you know, uh, watching people and going, hey, this isn't right. You know, we shouldn't be doing this. This isn't, this isn't a private thing. This should be, you know, uh, we're closely guarded. This is way too loose for security. It's sad to me that we had our opportunity and Director Ray had his opportunity to clean up the FBI, which I think is one of the greatest law enforcement institutions in the world. I still, you're never going to convince me that it is the rank and file because I know too many rank and file FBI guys, special agents, and they are appalled at what some of the upper echelon seventh floor folks have been uh, engaged in. And uh, we, we missed our opportunity or so it seems unless Durham is up to something that none of us know. I have very little faith and hope that he's capable of doing the job that should be done. That needs to be done to clean it up. But uh, you're right. It's dangerous for the country. Anyway, good call, Tony. Appreciate it. Lou in Florida. Hey, Lou. Hey, Sean, listen, my mother was a delegate for Ronald Reagan in Arizona. And at a young age in the 50s, we learned a lot about communism. And what's happening right now in D.C. at the tip of the iceberg, I'm not talking your rank and file like you just said, but all the institutions, the intelligence communities, law enforcement, and certainly our congressional bodies are all being headed as a will-to-power government. Okay, this is all will-to-power for a globalist pay-to-play agenda. That's exactly what this is. And Look, so it's, it, it, there, name- there was a story today that will back up what you're saying. And it may not sound like a big deal or one that you want to pay attention to, but it really caught my attention. You have a top economist for Joe Biden urging, and this is on top of Janet Yellen, the whole world to raise the corporate tax rate. And her name is Cecilia Rouse, chair of the Council of Economic Advisors for the Biden administration. And what they're trying to do is get every nation to engage in redistribution socialist policies. This way, there'll be no place for the rich to go uh, to hide their money or save their money and that they'll have access to it when they have access to the money and they have people dependent on them, they have all the power. And that's what this game has always been about. That's never going to change. But see, now they have the power. And the prize is the United States. 
Now, once they take the United States down, the dominoes go global all the way. What happened in Venezuela was the playbook of our 2020 election. That's a fact. And you can look at Cuba right now, which is in a very bad state. You look at all these totalitarian governments. And my sister, who's completely, you know, she's a conservative, but she's like, oh, the pendulum, it'll switch the other way. And I said, when does it switch the other way in China? How about Cuba? Let's run down the list. You think it's going to switch the other way in Venezuela? My proposal is that there be a name change today to the Democrat Party in this country, to the Communist Democrat Party of America. Because that's, that's what Levin's new book is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that, that they're Marxist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, American Marxism. And I'll tell you, what, I got criticized the in the most- Jerusalem Post for calling Bolshevik Bernie Bolshevik Bernie. And I'm like, the guy honeymooned in the former Soviet Union. He's praised, you know, regimes, murdering regimes like in the Soviet Union and Cuba's Castro and Nicaragua and Venezuela. I mean, that that's I'm just speaking of fact. But anyway, good call, Lou. We appreciate it. Scary times. Thomas, Texas. Next, Sean Hannity show. What's up, Thomas? I'm a huge fan. I've tried multiple times to get you. I want to. Uh, segue off of Joe Biden first, I think, however he got in office, in my opinion, should never be removed to show all Americans the, the emperor's new clothes. As we say in Texas, he must ride that critter to the ground. He placed an unconstitutional executive fiat regarding masks on federal property. He is the White House federal property. Now, the other reason I called, uh, I have a, also a martial arts background as well as being a physician. And you mentioned thumb holes, uh, you know, but humans on mind-body-altering chemicals don't respond to painful stimuli, and they don't behave rationally. The police dropped them off in... No, we've discussed this in the past, and that's a very good point uh, uh, that other, you know, students... uh, I had one grandmaster actually call one day and and bring that point up, and I agree with you. And and there are people that aren't feeling pain because they're on so much of this crap, whatever is out there, painkillers... But in the what I saw specifically in the case of George Floyd, I was speaking specifically to that was a guy that clearly was feeling pain and 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 being compliant and had already been handcuffed. And, you know, if you or how long have you been involved in martial arts? Uh, that was that was back in college. I didn't go all the way to black belt just because of what it carried with it. Um, and I don't want to do the work to be a black belt. It's too much work, too much studying, too much it's too hard. I'm going to get the crap beat out of me for eight hours. Yeah, I, I was I was one strap away. Um, but for us, the police pick up these people. They drop them off with us to either defeat the Grim Reaper or detox them. They put out arrest warrants for them. And then when they're detoxed or sober, we release them. Is there something that we can do to help the police and hospital ED crowding? Yeah, you gotta you gotta elect conservative politicians, conservative governors, conservative legislatures. You got conservatives to Congress, conservatives in the Senate, and yeah, we need a conservative president. There you go. It's the only answer. Amen. Appreciate you, brother. Iron sharpens right, iron. Man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Becky, Michigan. Hey, Becky, how are you? Thanks for being patient. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for having me here. I'm just up here in lockdown Michigan with Whitmer, and I just wanted to let you know that Fox 17 um, put out an article today um, announcing that Governor Gretchen Whitmer is going to be receiving a Profile and Courage Award for her service during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
So I, I went online to just do a little research to find out where the JFK Profile and Courage Award comes from. It comes from Massachusetts. So I was not surprised to see below it that um, Romney also got the award for being the Republican to commit um, or to convict President Trump. And anyway, that's neither here nor there. I just wondered if they actually asked the people who live in these states about this type of thing and if they see, think that she should receive this type of award and what the people would say here in our state, because I know most people would not. Excuse me. Is this the same, you know, Whitless Whitmer that was out there uh, <laughs> lying to the people of Michigan saying she never left the state, but she did go down to Florida? Uh, the yeah, same uh, governor go whose husband... Uh, at a time when nobody was allowed to get out on their boats, uh, whose husband was out on his boat. Uh, is this the same person that um, that screwed up this whole thing from start to finish? You know, it's sort of like, you know, Andrew Cuomo gets an Emmy and, and Barack Obama gets a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I don't even have words for it anymore. So I just wanted to tell you because I know you feel our pain. <laughs> well, I, I do, and I have a lot of friends in Michigan. I'll tell you, it's, it's rough there. Anyway, I appreciate the call. Thanks for your patience, Becky. 800-941-SEAN. All right, that's going to wrap up uh, things for today. Hannity tonight. we got a lot to get to tonight, including breaking news. We have, uh, let's see, Congressman Jordan, Ron Johnson, all asking, demanding the FBI for answers on these FISA violations after new FISA court opinion has been issued. And, of course, the latest on the Grassley-Johnson memo slamming intelligence for partisan information leaks and the CIA recruitment videos slammed as woke propaganda. I can't even believe we have to debate these things. Uh, we'll get into the horrible treatment of police officers as well. Uh, we'll show you the videotape, this horrible tape of a woman just just vicious to this cop. So we'll get into that. We'll have Josh Hawley on as well. Uh, he'll join us. Eric Trump from the Trump Organization. And we'll give you a preview of everything from California tomorrow in our interview with Caitlyn Jenner. Thanks for being with us as always. See you tonight from the Golden State tomorrow. <laughs> 